BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, kitties. This is your Julie, the Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. My name is Mikey Bones, and I'm joined by my fellow hosts, Cat Valor and Rob Humphrey. What's going on, birthday girl? Hey, it's good to be back. Um, can we start with a gobbledygooly mystery corner for my birthday? Right out wow. of the rip, can wow. like that? Right yeah, out I, of the gate. Yeah. No hi, how you doings? Nothing. <laughs> no, I'm I'm sorry. It it informs my. Well, I'm just gonna send it. Um, <laughs> oh fuck! All right, all right. God. Crazy idiot. Get the fuck out of here! Go back to turning Tricks and Hoboken, you fade in the ass! Tricks and Hoboken, the intro music's not even done yet! I know. The Gobble Mystery Corner, I guess. Early, we were here <laughs> early. We're back. This is where our uh, our listeners send in memes making fun of me for being Italian. I don't know why. Um, we explain them on the show the best we can, and the memes themselves go up on Patreon. Are you kidding me? This isn't. This is disrespectful. It's not even. It's. It's not even Italian. That that looks pretty Italian to me. No, but it does inform my drink for alcohol. Oh wow! (laughs) My holy shit! God. Cat, what the fuck are you doing over there? Yeah. Okay. Wow. You can't drink that. It's not a drink. You put food in a cup. I'm God having damn. a premium Italian martini. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before we started, Kat said, I have to, I didn't, I just picked up on that too. I have to, we have to start quick before my drink gets cold. It didn't quite click, Kat. Now it looks a lot. I understand a lot better, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> the meme says premium Italian martinis, and it's a martini glass 
filled with Kraft macaroni and cheese, which is not Italian. And are those birds or dinosaurs? I can't. Dinos. It looks like dino nuggies. Yeah, dino nuggies. As like a garnish. And Kat followed up with a picture of her drink roll call drink. And that's what it is. It's fucking. The hell, man? You. The funniest part is that this was going to be my Halloween uh, special drink the day that I couldn't make it. I had already done this and taken, like, the nicest pictures of it I could. But then I decided, because I was so sad about missing it, to redo it again (laughs) so I could bring it to my uh, birthday episode. Look, I am not going to sit here and act like macaroni (laughs) and cheese and dino nuggets are a bad idea. But you don't put them in a cup, dude. What are you doing? It's not a drink. It's not. I don't like this. I don't. I don't like this at all. And I will say this: we were off last week. The week before that, uh, yeah, Kat, you missed that show. You yeah. sent in a Gabagoli mystery corner that week, though. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you it's did. It's been a, it's been crazy around here. Yeah, yeah it's been a rough time lately. It has been. Last week, the problem was I had no voice. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just gone. Like I could not talk above a whisper. And um, it it's, uh, seems to be back, although it does kind of fade. But don't worry. In case my voice goes out, we have a plan. Also, oh. Tony Maselli, Tony Danza's character on Who's the Boss, was ranked <laughs> number 23 in TV Guide's list of the 50 greatest TV dads of all time. So we're covered. Wow. <laughs> did, 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 hold on. Wait a minute. Before I even begin. Did you just (laughs) AI me a dance effect? No, that was just me showing that there's a plan. If my voice goes out, we got a plan. We do a little text to speech, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You AI text to speech me, TTS'd me a dance effect. Um, Well, yeah, as as like an example of how it would work. Kick him in the dick. Why would you do that? But isn't that interesting? Rank number 23. Do we feel like Tony Maselli should have been higher or lower on a list of the 50 greatest TV dads of all time? Oh, higher for sure. Right? Yeah. 23 seems pretty low. That's like mid tier on that list. Who cares? We'll do it for you if you want, Mikey. Mm hmm. We had to start. We will not stand to see Italians disrespected this That's right. Oh, we will not. Slash Radio is against that. Uh huh. Yeah. Are you using a fork or a spoon to eat your craft mac and cheese out of a cup, cat? Huh? It's a. I'm actually using chopsticks. <laughs> what is happening in the Valor House? Um, <laughs> what is I, happening? What the we we have really nice silverware that's very heavy, and I was kind of afraid I'd break the wine glass. <laughs> How do you even eat craft macaroni and cheese with chopsticks? Uh, not well. He's eating it one noodle at a time. Just scoop a bunch of it up on the dino nuggets and eat those. Yeah, I'm kind of like tilting the wine glass uh, into my mouth and then shoveling it in with chopsticks. It's not ideal. Uh, We got to be tip of the cap to to cat. That was a great drink roll call drink. It's not a drink. I got this meme. Three months ago now, and I can't tell you, I, I've had the Dino Nuggies almost got freezer burn waiting for a good <laughs> excuse to do this. This is bullshit that we're starting the show. Usually this crap goes in the news section. <laughs> it shouldn't be here at all, but now but we're hey, starting with this. What? Hey, hey, hey. Here's the good news is that I chose a movie that I thought would bring us all together. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like I chose a really solid, good movie. So we're getting all of this out of the way and then we're going to have a healing moment at the end. It's going to be OK. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Mikey. I don't feel any better. <laughs> but but back to what I'm saying. Because before. you don't have craft mac and cheese and dino nuggets, because that helps a lot. That might be part of it. I'm not going to lie. That is true. I, that yeah, would help a lot. Yeah, you should have made some for everybody, Cat. If we're being honest. When but, we uh, get together to do a slasher radio like convention or or live show, I'll make sure to make Italian martinis for. No, <laughs> no. If you put them in a cup, I'm leaving. No, a plate will be fine. But the one that you sent. The the whole flashlight thing. I <laughs> I want you both to know I'm starting an investigation for that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that one was so egregious that I, I don't feel I should stand by and just let it go like nothing happened. So I want everybody to be aware that an investigation has begun. So okay. you want to find who sent that in? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, Are you asking for more Gabagooly mystery corners? Because if you just want to find him to have him to hand over more Italian memes. No. no I assume you just want to shake his hand and say thank you for, for honoring your people. No. Actually, I want to kick his ass, whoever. Or hers. I don't know who sent oh. it. Oh, um, you know what? I bet it was that guy who's talking about the exorcist on that podcast. You should go find him, Mikey. <laughs> just trying to get me to kick the shit out of that guy. <laughs> that if it was him, and geeky for their phenomenal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to their exorcist episode. Your head will hurt. <laughs> Kind of like mine is now, but yeah, I went I'm, blind. Uh, I, I went blind listening to that show. Mm, yeah, Just, my eyesight's going a little bit right now. Um. Well, anyway, now that all that crap's out of the way, uh, so we're celebrating Cat's birthday this week. A little bit late, but happy birthday, Cat! Yeah, happy birthday, Cat, and you. Namaste. Thank you. <laughs> Could have did without the Namaste. Not gonna lie. Before. Uh, Rob, do you have anything worth mentioning for drink roll call? Um, so I, I got something I thought would be a little bit of fun today. Um, okay. I picked up a bottle of the uh, blackened whiskey, which is the whiskey made by uh, Metallica. Oh, that's fun. Um, although I don't, it it's Metallica's whiskey. I don't think they're really making it. Like, I don't think if you go to like James Hetfield's house, <laughs> he's out there like, you know, mashing grain or whatever the fuck you don't know um, better be for the price of that whiskey <laughs> it, it wasn't that expensive to be honest with you otherwise i wouldn't really? have bought it but um and it's not bad so i i made a whiskey sour with it and it, it's not bad but um the fun thing about it is every bottle is um has a, a number on it a batch number uh because part of the what they call the, the um the flavoring process but really it's just a gimmick uh is they put it in the barrels and then they blast Metallica music to move the the liquid around inside the barrel to get the flavoring in it. Wow. Of course. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, every uh, label or every bottle has a, a label with the batch number on it. And you can go and see the playlist that was used for the batch that you had. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So um, I got a bottle from batch number 126. Uh, this playlist, some of them are curated by uh, various members of the band, so they claim. Um, this one just says Metallica, so apparently the entire band, I assume, got together in a room and had an, a meeting about which songs to play, which would be best. I, I don't know. Uh, there were eight songs. It was um, Nothing Else Matters, uh, which is All a song right. I like. That's my favorite Metallica song. It's a very good song. Uh, and then uh, they followed that with One. 
which is another great Metallica song. And then uh, Battery, Fade to Black, The Unforgiven, uh, Blackened, which is the name of the whiskey, so I like that that's in there. Yeah. Uh, Creeping Death, and then they finished it up with Master of Puppets. Oh, also a fantastic song. Yes. So uh, anyway, I thought that'd be kind of fun, so that's that's uh, the way I went with uh, my drink tonight. Yeah. I only know fun. one of those songs. Which one? Master of Puppets. Uh, you know it from Stranger Things, don't you? I'd never watched Stranger. Th- I haven't <laughs> watched it yet. No, I know that. And I, I Enter Sandman, also Metallica, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know that from Mariano Rivera. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> you should listen to Metallica, Mikey. They're pretty awesome. Yeah, maybe. I mean, stay uh, away I'm... from some of the albums, but yeah. overall, though. Yeah. I'm just drinking orange soda and pink, uh, pink lemonade vodka. God damn it. What? I support it. Yeah. I don't even think that would taste good. It tastes phenomenal. Pink lemonade and orange? Sun-kissed orange soda. Great. There's nothing wrong with sun-kissed orange soda. I like sun-kissed, but... The best orange soda. I just don't see mixing that with a pink lemonade flavor. I don't think that would be very good. I'm, Maybe I'm I'll try it sometime. Uh, <laughs> the nerve. You better not. You're not allowed to drink pink lemonade vodka. What if I did? What if I just showed up drinking pink lemonade Smirnoff or whatever the fuck it is? I'd be mad <laughs> as hell and you owed me an apology if you did that. A <laughs> lot the of them. Whiskey, by the way, isn't bad. It's, it's, it's not bad whiskey. No, that's bad. And that's such a fun story. Yeah. Kudos. Good job, Rob. Nice. Um, I did, however, to um, we're going to get to Shaun the Dead. We're going to get to Horror News shortly. Um, but I did, Kat, uh, gather some birthday voicemail wishes for you oh. from our listeners, friends of the show and everything else. There is a, there's a handful of them. Would you guys okay. rather me go through them one by one or should I just run through? Well, it's Kat's birthday messages, so she should decide. Fair. Uh, yeah, let, let's run through. Okay. Hey, Kat, it's Chris. Just wanted to take some time to wish you a very happy birthday. And here's hoping for good luck in the new year with new books, new movies, and more shenanigans. Happy birthday, Kat. Hey, it's Will Dalfin. I just wanted to call and wish Kat a happy birthday. I am probably too late because uh, I see that you guys are recording tonight. So happy birthday, Kat, and I hope you have a great one. Later. Hi, Kat. Angel. First of all, happy, happy birthday. I know I told you the day of, but I'm going to tell you again. Um, I'm, I'm glad I get an opportunity to say something really quick. I just want you to know how much I genuinely appreciate everything that you have done for me, the encouraging, the support, the love, the honesty. Um, I, I'm so grateful for the friendship we've developed, and I'm so excited about all of the projects and stuff that we're doing together. And I just want you to know that it's really meaningful, me, meaningful for me to get to do those things with you. So I hope that every day is like a birthday for you. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I love you. Happy birthday. Hi, guys. It's me, Will the Frill. And I don't have a lot to say, but I would just like to wish Kat a very happy birthday. And I hope everything goes well or has gone well on your very special day. And I would also like to thank you for being such a vital piece to Slasher Radio. You bring such a great dynamic to this podcast. And I don't know what Mikey or Rob would do without you. But anyway, I hope you all have a good day. And again, happy birthday, Kat.
There's the button. Hello, Slasher Radio crew. Hope all is well with you. This is your boy, Nesto. This message in particular is for Miss Cat Valour. Wanted to wish you a happy birthday, and uh, congrats on all your recent projects. Hope you have fun for your birthday, and do let us know if Mr. Cat's boyfriend guy tries to play it cheap. Because Black Friday is coming up, and cattle prides will surely also be cheap. Have a good one. Hello, Michael. Hello, Robert. Hi, Cat. It is I, Darth Gregor, back with another series of hot takes. Oh, no, wait a minute. I already left that voicemail. This is a different one. Happy birthday, Cat. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Honey, you have come such a long way on the show, and I am so proud of you and all the things you are accomplishing. Happy birthday, beautiful. Yeah, happy birthday, Cat. I hope you have a terrific birthday and that Mikey and Rob don't force you to spiral into madness. Thank you. Bye. You had to get that saw in, didn't you? Well, she loves saw, so yeah, of course I did. But she had to do that on her birthday. Well, yeah, because she loves saw that much. Of course I'm going to. All righty then. Okay. Happy birthday, Kat. Hey, Mike and Rob. It is Rich or Richard Graves, whatever you want to call me now. Uh, I was just calling to say I hope all is well, and I would like to wish Kat Valour the very happiest happiest of birthdays you deserve to have a great day take care guys love y'all happy birthday cat i know i already told you but love you and i'm so glad that we met and are such good friends and that you are the voice of reason on slasher radio and mikey i know we were still friends first love you too buddy rob i don't know man I feel like you need some more potatoes in your life. You need to work on that. But anyways, yes, happy birthday, Kat. You are a wonderful human being, and keep killing it, man. You've done so much this year, and I'm so proud of you, and you're going to do even more next year, and it's going to be awesome. So happy birthday. You need more potatoes, Rob. Yeah, I'm trying to get more potatoes. What? Is that it? Is it over? Yeah, that's it. Everybody's wishing Kat a happy birthday, man. Well, well, I don't care for it. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I do have one more. And I had to do a little digging for this one, but I was able to... uh, I'll just play it. Is it Tony Danza? Danza? I hate you, no. Hey, Slasher Radio. It is Mr. Cat's boyfriend. Hello, my spooky queen. I love you very much. Happy birthday. I hope it's a good one. And I am cementing my claim now. Halloween 3 is better than Friday the 13th, part 3. I'm just letting that go now. Uh, Perfect birthday message. Bye. He's uh, He's, uh, bringing bringing content content for Uh my birthday. Look at that. Mr. Cat's boyfriend guy has officially been on the show, kind of, sort of. He has. he has. Yeah. And his and mustache. His mustache. Stop, that. Stop that. His soon to be mustache. Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate that. Oh, God damn, man. He, did he really have to say that, Kat? Apparently, Apparently he did. He did. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we still oh, have, we still an, have echo. an echo. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. Um, not thrilled with that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, everyone, for the birthday wishes. Um, even Mr. Cat's boyfriend, uh, with your hot take. Uh, just to call that, just to call it like a couple of projects. Um, Angel was referring to one. Uh, she's from Voices of the Mausoleum. We did a uh, just last week. We did a FNAF. Uh, episode for our video game adaptation series uh we started a war with the you run podcast so that was a lot of fun um for our staunch defense of willie's wonderland uh and yeah and tasha actually is my very very talented editor editor friend uh she worked with me on puppet shark the novelization He's a potato thief, too. (laughs) Noted mashed potato thief. It's my fault. I don't pay her enough for editing to (laughs) get mashed potatoes. She's not wrong. You do need more potatoes in your life, Rob. (laughs) Look, everybody needs more potatoes. It's not wrong. (laughs) God damn, man. And it's kind of funny, though. (laughs) Nesto is hilarious. I mean, he threatened (laughs) Mr. Cat's boyfriend. Guy, there he is. What the hell? Nesto's bad timing. Yeah. (laughs) God damn. All right, so you guys want to get into horror news so we can talk about Cat's Pick? Yeah. Yeah. Thank okay. you so much again to everyone that sent a message in. Yeah, that was nice, everybody. Mr. Cat's Boyfriend. How funny were Greg and Amber? Yeah, I, I, they're fucking hilarious. <laughs> they're amazing. Can't, can't take Greg nowhere, dude. Like, he's home <laughs> making a voicemail. He's still a last of fool. I also I want to point out he was like because Cat loves Saw so much he got a spiral reference in there though too. Yeah. Uh, don't think I didn't notice that, Greg. Well, yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's appreciated. That's <laughs> Spiral from the Book of Saw. Mm. <laughs> also, the, the voicemail Greg was talking about, we will have it next week. So, oh, uh, boy, that'll oh, give good. me something to takes. lose my voice for. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to ruin Cat's birthday with hot takes and we're backed up, but I, I did not forget about it, Greg. It, it's you coming. were more worried about the hot takes than Mr. Cat's boyfriend. <laughs> and who did, we got a hot, enough hot takes, yeah, from Mr. Cat's boyfriend guy. Hi. I don't see uh, a problem with what he guy. said. I yeah, that's the thing is I don't actually have an issue with that one. No, um, really? it can be a hot take, but I do prefer Season of the Witch. Come yeah. on, guys. Of those two movies. I think the young man's coming along just fine. <laughs> you threatened the cattle problem a couple months ago. I know, but things change. <laughs> we'll get him a mustache and some crocs and he'll no. be set. No. <laughs> God damn it. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. It's time to pump the news with Rob Humphrey. He's not a genius. 
All right. Uh, news. There's not a ton, but the little bit that we got, um, apparently Blade has Marvel's Blade has been moved up from uh, to early 2025 from late 2025. Okay. Uh, and I don't really give a shit. Yeah. I'm probably not going to watch that, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, if it's three hours, I'm not gonna watch it. I, I'm, I might not watch the whole thing. It's Marvel. Like, I'm, uh, yeah. saw. I'm definitely not gonna watch the eight movies that are gonna be required to get everything in it. That is yeah. true too. <laughs> that is true. Or a TV show. It, no. it could be a TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not. I'm not doing any of that bullshit. So, uh, Saw X, also known as Socks, mm-hmm. has just passed 100 million dollars worldwide. And Five Nights at Freddy's has passed 200 million worldwide. Will we get Saw 11? Uh, and if so, will it be Roman numerals and will it be Soxy? <laughs> <laughs> it better not be Soxy. What the it hell? Soxy, that's amazing. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. It's done very well. It, it it did really well, but I mean, like my question is, if we do get an, a new, if we get a Soxy, like what's it gonna be? Are they gonna go around helping people? Like I, I don't know. Well, no. <laughs> John Kramer's just getting cats out of trees and shit for people. Yeah, I, it's hard to unless they just make a new, a brand new saw like timeline wise. Dude, they can just drop a movie in wherever they want. That's all they do in this franchise anyway, though. I actually have, I have a twenty-seven movie plan for Saw. If anyone <laughs> wants to get in contact with me, uh, I I think there are loose. I would. My dream for this is uh, Soxy can fill can fill the gap. Uh, th- they can kind of transition from like John Kramer's less angry, and now uh, he he's getting back. He's getting ready for the events of. Uh, saw two and and that's fine and we can wrap up all of that stuff we can get kind of a baseline for what goes on with carlos uh and then we can skip ahead the next one soxy to follow uh (laughs) like some of the loose ends from saw seven and then moving forward from that point i would like all of the children of the saw traps to follow through on like that whole Logan arc that was pitched in Jigsaw that we never did anything with. Yeah, I mean that's so. the thing, Mike. They just drop these Saw movies into the story wherever they want. They're like, oh, they this do. one takes place between these two. Yeah. The entire franchise spans a weekend. That's it. Is <laughs> <laughs> at least a holiday weekend you get the third Every- day in there. Everybody snaps uh, over one weekend. It yeah. <laughs> just goes on. They're just dropping shit in. They're just like, <laughs> oh, this happens here. This one happens here. That's fair. <laughs> this movie happens at the same time as the last movie. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, Jurassic World Chaos Theory is a new animated series that's going to be coming up to Netflix in 2024. Oh, boy. Yeah, after the park is closed, after the kingdom has fallen, a new era of chaos begins. This is this going to be like a like talking dinosaurs and bullshit? Uh it doesn't look like it. There's a trailer out. Um I mean, I could send it to you guys if you want, but it's it's a 50 second trailer and nothing happens other than the universal logo <laughs> for half of it. So it's really just a T-Rex, like helicopters and trucks going everywhere. 
and a T-Rex runs into the middle of a parking lot and roars. So, no. Uh, no, I don't need to see that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna watch it. I, I won't. I'm not watching a cartoon. Oh, man, it is very cartoony. Oh, boy. I, I didn't see past <laughs> that. There's, like, a dude who gets out of a pickup truck, and it looks like a Disney character from a Disney oh, Mikey's yeah. instant regret for saying on air that he would watch it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm still gonna watch it. Like, how much of it I'll watch, we'll see, but I'm they had to, They would have had to have done a lot after that last movie to get some goodwill back from me, and a cartoon ain't gonna do it. Yeah. What if it's the best cartoon ever? Oh, it's probably gonna be half about locusts. God damn it. <laughs> I do like that they just got back to Jurassic Park slash world, though. You know, like, just keep it there. Every time you guys leave there, it gets weird. Just keep it there. Remember the remote control raptors they had or whatever the fuck stupid <laughs> shit that was? You God know, damn it, that movie was dumb. You know, stop being mean to that franchise, Rob, is what you're going to do. Love I, I mean, they make it so easy. That movie sucked, and that fucking eBay one before that was so stupid. eBay one was better than the last one, though. I'd admit. But what is yeah, the last I mean, the eBay one was better than the yeah locust thing, but low bar though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck. Mm. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about this last time we recorded. Either way, Cat wasn't there. Terrifier three. Oh yeah, we talked about it because the poster was out. Mm. Uh, Terrifier three. Now the trailer is out. <laughs> now the trailer is out, uh, and they called a lot of shit over that trailer. Apparently. Uh, I I seen a story. I didn't see if it was confirmed, so take this with a grain of salt. I seen it was reported that they lost some funding due to kick the feedback from the trailer. Uh, the story that I well, I don't know about that. The story that I read was that uh, Damien Damien Leone had turned down funding from some major companies for Terrifier Three because they wanted him to tone it down in order to get the money. That could be um, it. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't, uh, I don't like these movies, but I, I do respect that move. Like, if you're going to make this movie, make it your own. Do your thing with it, you know? Absolutely. Because if somebody yeah. starts having you tone it down, then it's just not even... I mean, there's nothing but gore to these movies. So if you tone that down, you've got nothing. I mean, yeah, I respect the decision. Uh, there are a lot of decisions that I don't respect regarding Terrifier 3. Um, as someone that has seen the trailer, but I, I do respect their decision not to tone it down. I, I, I watched the trailer. What was the problem? I didn't. It looks really dumb. You killed well, the well, child. it's gonna be dumb. But I, did you not see Terrifier one and two? <laughs> I don't it's know. That looked like fun. Dumb. I, I I don't know. I don't have a lot of hopes for it based off of the trailer. It was somebody mentioned to me that apparently there's controversy because they've heard that there's a murder of a child in this one. Which yeah. I think is really dumb. Um, um, I, yeah, I don't really want to see that. Like, I I understand not wanting to see it, but like, I the the backlash has been really intense for the idea that art would kill a kid, and it's like, I, of course, art would kill a kid. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I I don't fire. understand. <laughs> I, the The whole line is really skewed for so, me, where it's like we can you know ab abduct <laughs> women and men and chop them up and torture them and we can show the whole thing on screen uh we, we can imply that children have been killed and uh, tortured and like whatever else but 
the second that we confirm that that's where the line is and it's like i think that i don't know I, I, here's the thing i don't mind when when kids are killed in movies honestly like you know halloween ends that shit was fucking hilarious um <laughs> but i don't want to see like art dumping bleach on some poor little child and fucking you know like I, Which, no interest in that listen Not, i again i don't want to see him doing it to a grown-ass person let alone a fucking child that's the thing. I'm not saying that, like, I want to see these things, but they don't upset me any more than... I I don't know. The the backlash, I just... The line feels very arbitrary in this case. I think... I guess. I Here's the... These movies walk that line anyway, right? Because that's all yeah. they have. The, the scripts aren't good. There's nothing good about these movies other than the fact that they're sick and gory as shit. But eventually... If you keep walking up to that line, you will cross it somewhere and people will turn on you. If they kill a child in the manner that art kills everyone else, they will have crossed that line. I don't think so. So I don't think they're... Well, first of all, I would debate putting that line there specifically. Again, not necessarily because I want to see it, but just because I... It feels dumb to me. But also, I trust... Damien Leone, and maybe this is a mistake, maybe this time next year I'll be eating these words. I don't think he would show us that, uh, that just because I don't think he would show us anything that wasn't fun for the people who already find this kind of content fun, you know? Right. Like, yeah. I, I trust that he's not going to do that. And maybe I'm wrong, but it feels really silly to watch nothing no, to watch no harm come to a child in a trailer and be like the line is drawn that is I, okay so that's my thing though i don't know where any of this came from oh the, you didn't see the, the like, trailer they're going to kill a kid like i didn't where did that come from so you, you, i think it came there was like a fan theory for, and i don't know if it was like confirmed it was nodded too strongly by producers that the um little pale girl or whatever they call her was a manifestation of like one of his former victims and then when mm -hmm. people saw the trailer like the kid in the trailer uh, the assumption is that we're going back to tell the story of the kid killing. Uh, okay i mean look there's a way to kill a child in a movie that's not going to bother me at all yeah but there is a line that can be crossed and they're edging very close to crossing it and i know that maybe you don't think that that's where that line should be set cat but it's an arbitrary line set by each individual, right? Yeah. And well, you're going to go too far for too many people. And when you do that, there's no coming back. I do think it is kind of an arbitrary line. And I don't really know where I would draw it even. But I do think it's really silly to call for it. Because the thing, the, how I got introduced to this story was through the messages that we're calling for. There were a lot of people that were like... If you plan on watching Terrifier 3, you can unfollow me now or let oh, me know to God. block you or like, all, th there was a lot of like, no. kind of, yeah, virtual well, that's good. That's good when people this. say stuff like that for me. I know who yeah. not to follow or block. Right. Or, you know, I'll let you know, know. block me. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't give a fuck about that. I mean, yeah, that's I, dumb. You can't get upset kind of, about something until it's happened. That's kind of the thing that upsets me is like, it, it's not even, because if you don't want to even risk see a kid getting tortured in a movie, don't watch the movie like i fully support that decision if it's not worth the risk for you if that's where you think you're gonna draw the line i like i don't really give a fuck watch what you want to watch you know but mm -hmm. i i think the implication is what bothers me that you're a terrible person 
if yeah. that's not where you put the line because it you know it's everybody over something line. that we don't even know for sure is happening for something yeah and that's the other thing too is like even if your line is like i don't want to see a kid get killed on screen by arthur clown that's that's where the line is you don't know that he does that yet it's a trailer <laughs> like mm. it's not and, like and we all saw i saw was a shitty trailer. version of the trailer anyway i couldn't fucking tell what the hell was going on anyway <laughs> looked like shit I, I never really like when when art kills people look kind of like I was saying it's fun like it's ridiculous it's not supposed to be taken seriously it's not supposed to look real it's it's almost like horror in its purest form in a way you know where it's ridiculous fun it's over the top it's it's laughable you know and I mean look if they do that with the kid I'm sure it'll be I, I know I'm talking about murdering a child and and tones but you know the tone of it I would imagine will be if they even do it will be ridiculous and it's like eh, it, it just depends to, to me I'm saying yeah. if I go see this movie and they're fucking uh, cutting a kid in half long ways I'll be done <laughs> with ways. the fucking franchise people yeah. can do whatever they want I'm I'm one foot out of the fucking door on this fucking thing anyway. Yeah. But I to me that's just there's no need to do that. If he fucking kills a kid like Michael kills that kid in Halloween 2018 then fine, whatever. It's like how some people draw the line with animals. You know, people don't want to watch animals get killed in movies. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to see some fucking kid get fucking chopped into a million pieces. Yeah. But at the same time uh, you know, the the topic of what it is, you know, in people's lines. Okay, that, that's fine. But there is something to be said about them saying, no, we're gonna do what we want to do. You know, and, and that that is commendable because I and he's turning down applaud that decision. I think I, that's right. Right. I think that's great because it would have been so much easier to take their money Absolutely. to make your movie is you know, I mean obviously the more money you have, the better your movie's gonna look, all that kind of shit. I really respect it, but I do think there's also that chance. And, and this is, I guess, part of the reason why I do respect it. Because if it ends up being a mistake, uh, if they do show, if there's like a 20 minute shot of a kid getting tortured to death on screen and people b are boycotting this and it's crazy and like it brings everybody out against this movie, it's going to be one of those things where the people are going to be like, the first sign was the studios who said this was a bad idea. Like, <laughs> I. <laughs> Yeah, there. This is the red flag. Like, if it ends up being a terrible thing, but I do respect the decision. Like, I think it's a good call not to, not to compromise your vision for a studio as to whether or not you know they do something smart with this decision. Uh, yeah. I guess we just have to see. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot I think that can go wrong with this movie. Beyond that, uh, even if they don't kill a kid. In this movie, I mean, I think an art Christmas movie is has a strong potential to be fucking dumb. I don't think so, man. I'm looking for, and that was going to be my next question, to you guys, because it is Christmas themed, and you know, it's that whole that whole thing. I, I'm looking forward to it, man. We need some good Christmas horror movies, and art could be the perfect candidate for that. What are you talking about? We've got Black Christmas, and we've got Santa Slay starring WWE superstar Bill Goldberg. Why do you always got to end it? with starring WWE superstar Bill Goldberg. Why? Because WWE superstar Jaws. Bill Goldberg stars in the movie. Santa Jaws is not a classic. Santa Slay is not a classic. We got Black Christmas. But e even if you count those two, 
there's not many you know and on the apocalypse the apology the killing tree the killing tree nesto no (laughs) oh fuck guys damn it the killing tree season we're heading into the thing about that is i'll I'll be kind of disappointed if we end up watching the killing tree in december i really was hoping to watch in july (laughs) yeah but you know like it that's true but god damn it man we have the chance like we're doing again this year there's going to be a schedule hopefully sent out at some point once we nail the last few things down uh but fuck this is the time it's gonna (laughs) it's looking like we're gonna be doing a patron movie pick and uh, for christmas and ours like we did last year hopefully we have a lot better of a showing but i really hope it's not the christmas tree i don't want to watch what we do last year i don't even remember inside (laughs) oh again and uh what was lake alice and lake alice (laughs) patrons won we had the debacle that was lake alice yeah. Anyway, uh, I just I don't know. I mean, to me, when I heard Christmas <laughs> Terrifier three Christmas movie, I kind of chuckled to myself like that's so dumb. Um, I will say, I, and this is going to be a, a hot take on this show specifically. I would rather see an Art the Clown Christmas movie, I think, than a Scream Christmas movie. I don't know. That's another. Well, <laughs> see, coming off the last one. Yeah, that's the thing is we're yeah. coming off of six, yeah, heading we... into a Christmas movie, and it's like I don't know how I feel about this. Wait, Scream Christmas movie is that a thing? Rumor. Scream Seven is allegedly taking place at Christmas. How am I so far out of the loop on all this news? I haven't heard any of this shit. It's very rumored. It's not really news. Yeah, yet. it's not confirmed. Yeah. No, but it's and again. There's good news and bad news with that because the good news is, you know, Christopher Landon's evolved, new director, probably new writers. Maybe he's writing it. The bad news is there's new director involved, new writers, you know, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. So it could get better or it could get worse. There's there's really no other way around it there. Uh, but I guess that's the thing, though, when it comes to which one I would rather see a Christmas movie of. I would trust Christopher Landon to deliver a more fun Christmas movie than Damon Damian Leone. Well, I mean that that's a fair point. I mean Christopher I mean, Landon's very established. Yeah, but also just sort of fun is kind of what he does. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I Scream is another one. I'm not mad at that either. I mean it's kind of unfortunate they're both doing it around the same time, but uh I thinking like if Scream three or four or i mean maybe even two i guess like if they turned around and were like hey it's around christmas i don't know just Ghostface. that whole the Ghostface outfit looks good with anything you know so i don't know that with christmas lights around it i wouldn't be totally mad it's just it's just how they do it and if they do it well like it's really what it comes down to if they can put a good movie together and it mm-hmm. happens to be around christmas fine if they put a bad movie together around christmas it's gonna be bad it's not gonna make it what better if- Every horror movie that comes out next year is a Christmas movie. That'd be that bullshit. would actually be kind of hilarious. <laughs> we get no horror movies in October. They are all in December. <laughs> I, no, see, in my head, we're getting them the whole year, but they all take place at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I would sue somebody because that's our show's thing, apparently, because of Nesto. It'd be some bullshit. Um, all right. The last two things I have to mention are both surrounding Dead by Daylight. Uh, kind of a big deal within their community. 
Stranger Things is back in the game. Uh, we did a whole interview with Matthew Cote from Behavior, and we talked about so many things that were coming out, coming up, and new killers, and Nicolas Cage, and Naughty Bear, and all these things that were happening. The thing people most gave a fuck about was him being able to say practically nothing about Stranger Things coming <laughs> back to the game, and out of nowhere, they're back. So people are super excited about that. Uh, I still have to watch Stranger Things. But the bigger Dead by Daylight news is Chucky is in the game. Well, will be in the game. And the PTB came out. Um, when did this happen? I think this happened Thursday, right? Or Tuesday? Um, or Monday. Happened on the 8th. On a Wednesday. Okay. Um, so the news came out Wednesday. The PTB came out Wednesday, which is pretty much like the test thing you can do. And you can go on there. And I played as Chucky. Guys, I had so much fucking fun playing as Chucky. I cannot Aww. even begin to explain. He has an ability called Scamper. And if you enter this ability, it's called the, the ability is called Heidi Ho mode. Oh, hold on. Where's my <laughs> Chuck? One of my new favorite buttons. Heidi Ho. He can go into Heidi Ho mode, which I don't know, like it makes him faster and like all kinds of stuff. But within Heidi Ho, if you're in Heidi Ho mode, you can scamper under a pallet and it is so fucking adorable and then lethal they did such a good job with this i will say um as someone that has only ever watched dead by daylight uh i I will say the chucky dynamic seems really interesting to me It, it feels like something where i you can probably speak to like the fairness balance more than I can, but it seems mm. like a really interesting way to uh, kind of bring new mechanics into the game that makes yeah. sense with the setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and without being like, you know, I know people got really mad about the whole like chains from hell pinhead uh, situation uh, <laughs> where you're like summoning stuff from out of the universe. Uh, but I think this is a really cool way to like interact with what's already there. Yeah. Yeah, they How did the a- fuck does that short little son bitch get anybody up on a hook? Dude, it's genius. When he downs somebody and picks them up, any mm-hmm. mechanic that involves carrying a survivor, you know, the stuff he can't do because of his size, the ghost of Charles Lee Ray appears oh. and is carrying the survivor and Chucky. And he brings him to the hook and puts him on, then he disappears and you're back as Chucky. Oh. That's just really cool. I feel like they did a good job with this one. They absolutely did. And, Can you duct tape him uh, to a telephone pole? <laughs> no, you cannot. Um, uh, Tiffany, also in the game. Obviously, Brad Dourif and Jennifer Tilly did the voice lines for the characters. They have combined over 300 voice lines. And they are talking. Chucky is talking. You can't play as Tiffany in the PTB. But Chucky is talking shit the whole way through. And cursing his little Mark Hamill? I'm going to fucking stab you. Stop <laughs> doing that. Man, I, I love the boundaries they push for the game. And dude, everyone wanted Chucky for years. And it was just like, you can't have Chucky in the game. And they figured out a way to do it. And God, he's it's, it's third person too, Rob. It's not first person. Oh, that's person. good. Yeah. Yeah, because I can't stand that first person shit. It's horrible. And with somebody that small, you'd never stand a chance. You know, mm. you're like, turn around you're looking and you're at everybody's looking, ankles. Yeah, you're looking at people's feet in boxes. Like you wouldn't be able to see mm-hmm. shit. And they figured it out, man. It's 
it looks great i can't it comes out on the 28th i mean as far as balancing because he's a little son of a bitch and it's hard to get away from him but i mean playing as him so much fucking fun yeah um I, i guess like a partial announcement like we won't do it at the end of the episode or anything but we do have an interview scheduled with matthew cote again from behavior so hopefully you know obviously with all this going on they're very busy right now you know hopefully that's still cemented and we'll be bringing that to you next week and be able to talk further in depth about it because i'm so excited about this this is so much fucking fun uh and that's all i have for news cool um i have a little bit of news okay carousel 3 hit tubi (laughs) oh shit i gotta go watch that (laughs) Mm. and we lost rob (laughs) did it it did. Guess what? I won't be watching. <laughs> Mikey. What? That guy's that director's been a show. good friend to us. <laughs> what what to who? What do you got it's a mouse us. in your fucking pocket? That's me. <laughs> Who's we? No, there's no us there. Um a cat, I, I I forgot. I wasn't able to tell you the last time we recorded. Apparently, uh, cause Leah had met when she went to the whatever con she was at, and yeah. she had you know when uh how did leah put it because i said you know obviously negative things when she showed me that video of <laughs> what it, and i forget how, oh she put be nice to him he wants to have oral sex with you <laughs> not happy about that uh but apparently he also wants to do a movie night with us in our discord to watch Kara's hell three yes him and yeah. his wife apparently want to do that Fantastic. and no, it's not fantastic. How do we yeah. allow him in there, dude? Absolutely, we do. Absolutely, yes. What do you it's guys a, mean? It's a it's a bridge building opportunity. It certainly is for us and an indie horror director. We're all about supporting indie horror here at Slasher Radio. Yeah, we are until they tell me to suck his fucking. <laughs> now I gotta bleep because this fucking guy. <laughs> on top of everything else, does what that the hell you got... his bleep or your bleep? Because if he's getting bleeps before he's even on the show, legend. No, it's my belief because I said it. The, the we're not playing the video on the show. That's pretty funny enough. though that he said that, dude. No, it's not. I, don't know I absolutely think we should have him for a Discord day, for for a movie. You guys are supposed to back me up on this. This is bullshit. I want the record to show. How do you think we're not going to want to sit down with the director of Carousel Three and watch the movie? That's an amazing opportunity. <laughs> yeah. It's not only with the director of Carousel 3. It's with a guy who told me to suck his fucking And now another one. Yeah, that, that makes it even cooler. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, and his wife. I wonder how his wife thinks about him talking to me like that. Maybe I talk to her. <laughs> and Fuck. you have your chance as soon as we get them on the Discord for movie so, night. I didn't realize it, it was out already. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I saw it uh, as I was sitting down to record this. Nice. Hmm. Again, I know what I won't be doing, so I'll be fine. <laughs> You'll wait for the Discord when watch we all party. Watch it together, yeah. I hope that does not happen. That's gonna be fucked up, man. Like, how do I? Like, I'm gonna have to say <laughs> something to him. It's gonna be a whole thing. Like, why, God why can't damn. you just be nice? What do you mean? Just be nice. I was nice. Were you? To his movie? No, I didn't like the movie. That doesn't mean you. He sexually harassed me, man. That was an attack. I got, a, I got no. sexually harassed by the Karis Hell director. Where the fuck is my life? If you feel uncomfortable, we can have Leah there. She's in HR. 
That's true. She can, she's I'm sure would be willing to moderate. I it. mean, she doesn't have the certifications that I have, but she has some. She does have different certifications yes. than Rob has. I have to confirm that. Uh, she does. She has real ones. <laughs> That's the thing. How dare uh, not, you? Not that envelope you or whatever you wrote your certification on on Discord. How dare you? Mm. See, uh, you talk shit about me all the time, and I show up here every week. You can't sit down with a, a Hollywood director. You talk shit to me, too. It's a mutual thing. I've known you a long time. Who the hell does this guy just randomly tell me to perform moral sex on him? The uh, hell? I think that's. I think it's pretty funny. I think he's a good dude, and I, I bet the movie's a good time. I'm sure he's a good dude. I don't know him but you have to watch the. You have to watch Carousel the second before you can watch the third one so you understand what's happening. <laughs> Rob, no. Uh-uh. No, I'll be, I will be perfectly fine. Not, I will roll my eyes the same amount in that movie not seeing the second one. It's perfectly fine. Just sitting there waiting to get it over with. All right, that's all I have for news. Is that it, Kat? Yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, Just get we'll along right. with people. I tried to. I was very nice to him on Twitter the first time he attacked me. Then the second time I ignored him. That was also me being nice. And then I didn't even answer him. He's putting shit like that out there. What the hell, man? Fuck that guy and his movie. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Shaun of the Dead. Cat? Yeah. This, um, actually, I'm very interested to see what's going on here. I just thought of this. Uh, you had, we went through our, for our 300th episode, we went through each of our 100 top horror movies of all time. And, uh, you had Shaun of the Dead 2 and X1, right? Uh, no. No. Oh, you had, um, yeah, yeah. I think Shaun of the Dead is like three or four. Cabin in the Woods. I'm sorry. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. So Gavin Woods was one, and uh, no X was one, right? X Officially, one, and then yeah. you had changed it when we did the Cabin. But then in the I Woods. watched Cabin in the Woods again, yeah, and and I had some regrets. <laughs> right, right, and you had changed it. So now I'm curious to see if this moves at all, moves your needle up up on your top three at all. I don't know. I'm interested to see that. I just thought of that. But you could yeah. have picked any movie in the world, and you picked Shaun of the Dead. Why? I did. Um. So I there were. Earlier this year, entering the year, there was a lot of animosity on Slasher Radio. We were all kind of mad at each other. There were a lot of revenge picks being thrown around. Uh, I had threatened to and was prepared up until pretty recently to pull the trigger on watching Mother as my oh, birthday shit. pick. Um, I held every- I held that one over everyone's head for a while uh, while we were mad, while we were all really pissed at each other. Uh, but, you know... We did the top 100, and and I felt like I caught some slack. I but I do think overall, Rob chose a really good movie. He did not do his revenge movie, and See, so I'm building I, bridges. Yeah, I backed off of Mother, and then even still, it was like, well, there are some movies that I know that I'm going to to maybe like the best on the show that I could pick for my birthday while I have the opportunity. I thought about Frontiers. Um, I thought about Livid. I thought about one of my weird French movies. Uh, but no, I, I thought those were weird French movies. What the fuck? <laughs> those are weird French movies. But then I have weird French movies. Um, mm. but no, after the after the top one hundred, I I kind of 
reconfirmed i thought that we just needed something like really fun really good a solid movie that we could all kind of have a good time with i thought about this and i thought about train to busan but then i decided i knew i wanted to do a zombie movie like a critically very good zombie movie um i almost chose train to busan and then i realized that you know it had subtitles <laughs> we we might get into some <laughs> some trouble there and also you did not have train to busan very high uh, when we talked about it on your top 100, Mikey. So I, I, I thought this might be the better, more fun bonding pick. And uh, I didn't yeah. have it on there at all. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't have it on there I forgot all. about that. You you didn't have it at all. No, it probably should. It was a bit of an oversight, but it, even to be fair, even if I did put it on there, it wouldn't have gotten well super high. This is why you shouldn't make lists. You had Shape of Water as number one. And I stand by it. Okay. Well, after the top 100, I, I thought we needed something that we could all enjoy. And this, honestly, at, at first it was one of those because, you know, it's one of my favorite zombie movies. Uh, and I was already thinking about zombie movies so strongly. Uh, it, it's one of those things where it's like, could I have found something we all liked better? I honestly am not sure that I could have because everyone on the show is such a wild card. Um, yeah. The only thing that I came up to that that I came up with to rival it was a movie we had already watched, and it was Night of the Living Dead. So oh, that's a good one. I'm interested though, Cat. Who was mean to you about your list? Because I didn't think anybody was. Uh, you were mean to me about <laughs> oh, my list. You were most mean to her. <laughs> yeah, I. There's a double standard on this show where Mikey can say something ridiculous, and you'll be like, "I forgive you. It's a personal opinion." And then I can say something ridiculous, and you're like, "Damn it, Cat! I'm disappointed." <laughs> <laughs> you should have known better. I don't and there think was that's a lot of that happened. going on with the top 100. Yeah, I don't think he's so much. I don't think he's ever forgiven me for anything. I just think he just ignores me and moves on with life the best he can is what, what happens. I also will say, uh, although this was not in my considerations for why I picked Shaun of the Dead, it worked out really well that it was my birthday pick for this specific birthday because I'm now officially Shaun aged. What does that mean? Uh, Sean actually uh, complains in the movie of being referred to as old. Oh. He is only 29. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You're right on the... Oh, you're on the curb of 30 already? Yeah. God damn. I've gotten a lot older since we recorded the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, God damn. Have, have, Kat, are you having a hard time with 29? I uh, did. You know what? I will say I, the hardest moment, and we talked about this a little bit uh, going in, I wasn't actually able to do my birthday plans like on the day of. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there was that little bit of like, oh, man, <laughs> my last <laughs> my last birthday in my 20s. I'm going to be old. <laughs> but I've I don't know. I've I've always felt like I might be old ahead of the curve. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we talked about this the other day, Mikey. Um, we did. 29 wasn't a thing for me, but boy, 30 sucked. 30 <laughs> was the first time I hated my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I did not want to be 30. It's all downhill from there. Yeah, it's pretty soon shit hurts. Shit. You don't know why. It's fucking, everything's a mess. It's you just can't have pizza end. after 8 p.m. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another high number that you don't like, and you have to celebrate it. Get the fuck. What's the <laughs> point anymore, man? <laughs> Happy birthday, <laughs> I thought you I were say, that is a skill I learned this year. Uh, I thought she was I... like 17. I didn't fucking know. 
That's the thing. Rob keeps throwing me off too because he makes you younger every time we talk Rob about keep, it. I, I get younger every time we yeah. talk about it. I'll have him around for my thirtieth. <laughs> yeah, invite Rob. Uh, I will say that is one good thing about like having missed the celebration on my twenty ninth is I've already learned the skill of like if I want to stay home, I will. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's the good part about so getting old too. So next year, if people are like, "Hey, what do you want to do for your thirtieth?" I'll be like, "Fuck off." <laughs> Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't even it. tell people when it's my birthday anymore. You don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I, and I took it off Facebook because people would send me messages and shit. Happy birthday. I'm like, I don't fucking deal with this shit all day. Um, yeah, people don't question when you don't want to go anywhere when you're old because they just figured out oh, they're old. They don't want to do nothing. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Leave me alone. And then you reach my age and you just tell them, no, I don't want, I'm tired. I'm old. <laughs> Leave me alone. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to fight that guy. Somebody else do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. In our group chat, they got mad over that uh, exorcist thing we were talking about, and Rob, they nominated me. Rob really nominated me to fight him, and I was like, "Why do I got to do it? I'm tired and old." Oh, all right. <laughs> Verbatim quote from Rob Humphrey. Literally what he said. I assumed that Cat picked Shaun of the Dead because Kiss Meets Phantom of the Park Two isn't a thing. Oh uh, well, I mean, it was a factor. Yeah. Thank God uh, I will say there was a very distinct reason why I did not pick Tusk 2. <laughs> because that is a thing and it's called Yoga Hosers and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But how exciting is the prospect of Moose Jaws? Moose Jaws is going to be good. Yes. Moose Jaws very well might end up being a birthday pick for me some year when we get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, Shaun of the Dead, comedy, horror arguably the best one ever you know all those big things cat you've gone on many many a times praising this movie rob where are you sitting with sean of the dead um i you know rewatches oh god damn it rob no. the thing about them is sometimes they get you uh-huh but sometimes there's Shaun of the Dead, and it's, uh, it's pretty fucking awesome. I still had a good time with it. I was worried going into it, though. I was like, watch me be the asshole that fucks this episode up. <laughs> Cat looking for one of her big-ass heels to stab you with right now. <laughs> uh, no, I really, uh, I had a good time with it. it this is, um, when I think of horror comedy, there are two movies that come to mind. This and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh, mm -hmm. Both of them are brilliant films, in my opinion. Um, because, and I think it's because they're made <laughs> by people who appreciate the genre. And so it's, you know, they get it and they understand what makes it ridiculous and funny. Uh, and, uh, I, yeah, I love this movie. It's great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those I mean, are I'm... also the two that I think of just like Shaun oh, yeah. of the Dead and Tucker and Dale. Yeah. Tucker and Dale is great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. Shaun of the Dead is really good. It's been a, a good while since I've watched this movie. I can't remember the last time I watched this movie, but, you know, I probably like my fifth, fourth or fifth time seeing it. Yeah, it, it holds up. It's, you know, it has memorable moments. And I think that's important when you're talking as far as like, you know, the big movies where, you know, you get that rewatchability and it's iconic to have those moments because. You know, you like look forward to them when you're watching it. And like, that's what makes the big movies, the big movies. You can watch them over and over again. 
And, you know, this has got it and it's got the humor and it's got the timing for the humor and it's got the gore. And uh, it, it's a it's a really good zombie movie. Like the zombies yeah. look really cool. Uh, they had the the dynamic of like the inner turmoil within the group, which, you know, is typical in a zombie movie. And they did that really well. And they made fun of zombie movies along the way. And, you know, horror movies in general, which. You know, you can't get mad at that. Yeah, I mean, I also I, one of the things that obviously makes this a great movie is that Edgar Wright is just a, a tremendous filmmaker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that, you know, that goes a long way in making a good movie when someone who really knows how to make a good movie is making it. Um, And the fact that he and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are all real life friends, Um, I think, really added, the, you know, like like watching um the two of them on screen together you can tell that they've been friends for a long time it's not awkward or weird or whatever yeah. um so that really and, helps with you know it just it feels like an authentic friendship and it feels like uh guys just having a good time we were talking earlier about um like the integrity of Damien Leone for not taking like studio money if they wanted to tone it down and that was that was one of the things with Shaun of the Dead when they were trying to make it because this was 2004 this was like before the huge zombie resurgence that we got uh and they wanted four million dollars edgar wright said that was like how much he needed to make this movie mm -hmm. because he wanted to do like all of these really ambitious camera shots uh and, and everyone like all of the studios were like we're interested but at a much lower price and Edgar Wright really sticking to his guns and being like no uh made this like such a cinematic movie in a in kind of I don't want to say like a dry spell for movies but we weren't getting like the cinema quality for a lot of these movies especially in England and especially for <laughs> zombie films like I it's amazing how well this one has held up and I do think a lot of that's because of Edgar Wright and like you said um Simon Pegg being friends uh, with Nick Frost and pretty much everyone on set, like they all got along really well. A lot of them worked on Spaced together before Shaun of the Dead. Um, a bunch of them were in black books right around this time. Like they were just, they knew each other, you know, and, and it shows. Yeah. And again, like when you talk these top shelf movies, a continuity of some level between the cast is very important and you know that chemistry and just the comfort on screen and like it just makes it feel like it, it lets you immerse yourself into the movie into the world they created so much easier and yeah that i mean that came through like when you have characters that need to banter like that that can seem very cheesy, very forced, very not funny, very fast. And, you know, especially if they're doing it as much as, you know, like these characters, they're dynamic, obviously. And yeah, like you, you almost need some level of, of comfort between those, those actors to be able to pull it off really well. And, you know, like that, that's the thing, like, kind of like Rob said, like, I haven't watched this in a while. I didn't think I wasn't going to like it, but you know, like, would it be corny? Yeah. And like, that was a little bit of my worry going into it again, but no, it's, it's still like it just as you remember it. Cause sometimes when you see something the first time, you know, you kind of ignore a lot of that shit, but then when you watch it again and you're paying attention to other things, you know, it sticks out 
and yeah, no, yeah. none of that was, you know, like it. And and the the dialogue too. No matter how on the other side of that page, um, no matter how comfortable you are with someone, if the dialogue sucks, it sucks. Like the scenes aren't gonna hit. And you know, yeah. like it just they hit all the nails, all the nails on that on this one. Yeah, this is a very quotable movie, and it's like it's mm-hmm. so cyclical uh, that it's I, it's. We talked about this with Cabin in the Woods also, but I think it's a little bit more apparent in Shaun of the Dead, where they bring things back around. So we get a lot yeah. of the same quotes from this movie twice, um, and once in a zombie context where it always tends to hit very differently, uh, which I really appreciate. But uh, in both instances. The delivery is always perfect. The comedic timing is so good. Um, when we get back around to the reprisals online, they're always like very poignant. And I just, it's something I really appreciate about this. Absolutely. And, you know, it's zombie movies, they usually have some layer of like, you know, social construct and like all that stuff in there. And, you know, like this had that. But it also it kind of attacked a different thing where the movie starts with showing people as zombies. And yeah, um, I don't know how to explain that. I'm just like anybody who's seen the movie. If you haven't seen this movie, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. But it, it's like this starts and they're waiting for the bus and, you know, waking up in the morning. And it's like, dude, that's so like that's some real shit right there. And yeah. that's like the fear of so at least for me for so long is like turning into just a zombie where you just get up and you work and you have no joy from anything. Cause you know, life just sucks. And you know, like that, that's a real situation for a lot of people where it's like, they just get up and work and go through that same monotonous shit every fucking day. And they, that's what they turn into. I see motherfuckers like that every goddamn day, man. And it was kind of cool to see that where, you know, they're pointing at people in their everyday lives and, and they made it so like it's such a great and point. It's such a good point, and they hammered it like all of those themes tie in really well to what the main character Sean is going through because yeah. you know he's got this girlfriend that wants him to do more stuff, and he's just like tired and and very set in his ways. And I I so it's really good on that level, but I also think it it kind of adds something to because there are a lot of comedic gags. Um, in between the zombie apocalypse starting and Sean realizing that there's a zombie apocalypse. And I think when you consider like the opening where you see everyone just kind of like nodding along and and stuck in their ways and uh, doing the same thing as everybody else is doing, they show like the strength of this routine and they really establish it. And it makes it, even though those moments are still very silly, you know, where Sean goes to like uh, pick up stuff at the corner store and, you know, uh, he does not notice he like almost slips on the blood and he doesn't notice like the handprint and yeah. you know there are like these gags and they're still funny but they're a lot more believable because you see like how in his pattern he already is and you know how how just accepted all of these kinds of like bad things are yeah that, that was one of my favorite the the subtlety of the zombies because you know like when in typically when you see in zombie movies and shows it doesn't I don't know how to explain it. it it's a it's a subtle start and like a calm start is probably the best way to put it. <laughs> and it's just everyday life and there's like you they get that little tinge of something wrong in the air, but there's really nothing going on. But then once zombies hit, you know, it's slower than like full on hordes or anything, but 
you know, it's usually like full on zombie mode. This they had zombies walking around and in society and nobody even fucking noticed <laughs> throughout, you know, like a good half hour of this movie. Like he had the dude eating the bird and he thought those uh, the, that couple was making out outside of the bar. Like yeah. he just didn't even fucking know, man. It, it's really well done and so funny. Yeah. And yeah. Those are two of my favorite gags are like when they're singing along in the bar outside at night and letting yeah, the zombie I love moan. That. That's so one of the guys he's moaning. <laughs> and then I also love when Mary shows up um, and they're like deciding and like, you know, Nick, Nick Frost, <laughs> um, Ed goes to get like the camera so he can take a picture of her trying to <laughs> fight Sean. <and laughs> they're deciding like what records they can throw at the horse and uh, I didn't want to like, get to that yet, but that is the biggest oh. knock that I have on this movie. <laughs> uh, and and when it when it gets to when we get to the scores, it loses uh, significant I, points. I have a feeling. Uh, so this is this is one of the few movies uh, in my life that my dad has sat me down and been like, "You need to watch this," because uh, he doesn't. He's not a huge horror fan. Mm -hmm. um, and this was, and I don't think he thinks of this as a horror movie because he he does love comedies. He loves British comedies. Um, so this was one he convinced me to watch when I was probably too young to have seen it, actually, because it was like around the time it came out. Uh, and he, and it was just, it's been one of those family movies. We actually watch it on Easter usually, <laughs> because you know it's you have to do zombie movies on Easter. Sure. Um, why not? But we uh so yeah, he has one complaint about this movie and I'm I'm very curious to see if it's the same album. <laughs> it, it it is the shot, the absolute disrespect <laughs> to Prince's Batman soundtrack. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Cause that soundtrack fucking slaps. I don't care. And how dare they throw that record? <laughs> <laughs> I could feel Rob getting mad watching it. Like he's he's out there somewhere right now, pissed off over this. I have spent a chunk of time searching for that record, and they're just tossing it around, they're just tossing it away. <laughs> they bought up all the copies for different takes of. <laughs> I couldn't believe. I was like, of all the albums, that really, really, you got to take a shot at Prince right now. That is super yeah. Uh, Dad always forgets about that shot, and then when we're watching it, he's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing?" And it makes it worse because it's not even like it would help. Like out of all the things to fucking throw, like why would you throw records? What the fuck? I love how much I I love, and again the edits in this movie are just so funny because they have the idea and then they cut away where like they've gone into the house and come right. back out with <laughs> the, the records the big, the and they're going out. through to... <laughs> And it is it, it's a funny gag because he's going through. No, don't throw that one. No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just when they land on the one that he's allowed to throw and it happens to be the Prince record I get mad every time and one of them was his exes and he's like I, I can throw that one you know, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> fair point because that yeah. is a consideration like if I had to throw records at a zombie which one of my records am I throwing you know I'm throwing no records at a zombie it's just not effective <laughs> I'm just saying you know but yeah I, I do think that's and there's something just like so human about this movie because yeah. in zombie movies that take themselves really seriously, you know, it, people are just always really quick to, you know, drop all their stuff and leave yeah. and go on the run. And I, there is that part <laughs> of me that's like, would I get killed in a zombie apocalypse because I'm not willing to 
chuck my records, you right. know, like. Well, yeah, when you see these most zombie movies, <laughs> it's like people have been preparing for this their whole life. Like they turn into like soldiers almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's no fucking way I would be much closer to what these idiots are doing running around <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. Trying to get trying to figure out like how to get to the pub <laughs> for yeah. lockdown. Yeah, like I, you know, because what the hell else am I going to do? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to fight zombies. What the fuck. <laughs> I didn't. I noticed that really hard. Actually, right uh, before, after uh, the the record throwing scene, like when they when they were pummeling that zombie, like that's what it would look like if two random <laughs> schmucks had to beat something to death. Like just awkward swings, half scared. Like it was just, it was really awkward. You just see a bolt teeing off on these two zombies. And it's like, man. They're really bad at this, but you know what? That's probably pretty real. Like, I'm not yeah. even mad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you going to I wouldn't know what to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love it when they go back inside and then he goes, check and see if they're still out there. And he opens the curtain <laughs> and they're just standing by the window. This movie's so funny. It, the comedic timing really is just so good. And part of that, you know, if you watch any Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movie, you're pretty much going to have a good time. But I, I do think that there's something just really, really good about how like tightly focused the comedy is in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I wish we'd get more of these movies with these guys. Yeah. Like there they are did, a few, but it, they did three, right? Three, I think. They did yeah. the, the trilogy, which we'll talk about when we get to fun facts a little bit. But I um I wish we would get another one or something, you know? I mean, Edgar Wright's still making good stuff, but, like, yeah. I don't know what Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are even doing. Like, I feel like Simon Pegg was in a Mission Impossible movie or something. What the fuck? Yeah, he's been in some Mission Impossible movies. I think the last thing I saw him in was, like, the was Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. I don't that's, been that a, sure. that's been a while. <laughs> he should... I, I agree. These guys should do more stuff together, because this yeah. is just... It's comedy gold... The one thing I don't want is a sequel to Shaun of the Dead. I, I can't stress that enough. This is the perfect standalone movie. Like so they apparently there was a plan for a sequel at some point, but then they decided not to do it. I think that's good. I think they made yeah. the right call. Yeah. Um, Did they, though? Yeah. You think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, we don't. Not everything needs a sequel. I know. And that's like, I, I'm bad with that because like I want more. But, you yeah. know, if movies and I don't think everyone would feel this way if movies would uh, remember what brought them to the dance. And I know you got to evolve and grow like I trust me, I get it. But that doesn't mean you have to say fuck everything you did that got you there at the same time, you know. So it's a shame that more movies don't hit that that stride when they get another chance. And I, we see it sometimes, man, we do. I mean, Halloween's a good example. It wasn't as good as the original or nothing, but like that second one was really good. And Rob is going to get mad at me, but he's going to agree with me. Terrifier 2 was better than Terrifier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm. you know, low bar, but... <laughs> uh, but like I say, it, it happens. Not that I'm comparing those to like the... Le well, Halloween, I guess. But, you know, like that, not all <laughs> movies that do it are you know at the level of of Shaun of the Dead, but it I don't know 
I'm that guy. Like, I want more. If I like something, mm. I, like if I eat eat a good burger, I'm gonna want that burger again. I yeah. I mean, I get that, but for me, with this, especially yeah. with this specific group of of people, I would like to see more movies with Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. That's yeah. not necessarily sequels to anything that they've already done. Just give me more of that, but in That's a different fair. story. And Especially I think because you know they're going to knock it out of the park, like right. whatever they do as a team. And we've seen their zombie movie, and it's like as close to perfect as it could get. Yeah. Uh, we don't we let them do something else. Yeah, I mean, because they, they did this, they did Hot Fuzz, which is great, and at uh, what is it, World's End or something. Yeah, uh, which I liked. It wasn't as good it as wasn't the other as two, good but as the, yeah, <laughs> but it was still okay. Like it was still good. Like I trust that the I think their dynamic is so good that no matter what they do, it's going to be a good movie. So you don't need a sequel to this. Let them do something else, and it'll still be good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know, man. I always think like, what if what if they did that with Halloween? You know, like we wouldn't have gotten. You know, some of them we could have went without, but you know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street also, like what if we wouldn't have got a Dream Warriors? You know, like it, and I understand yeah. sometimes you just tarnish it. So it, it's a roll of a dice. I get it. But that's a fair point too. If you could bring, because that's the thing, you can't bring some of these characters back. So it's like, if you do it again, then you're fucking with chemistry, you need new actors, like all that stuff. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. That might be the answer. Do something else. Yeah. And do it within horror for sure, man. Like, there's a bunch of what if they made a found footage movie? I understand yeah. that's a touchy subject, but they might, they could probably pull it off. I, well, I trust Edgar Wright to make anything. Right. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, anything they do within the genre, it's, you know, it just, yeah, that, that's a fair point. Yeah. Most horror movies, you get that problem where you kill off somebody and it's like, you know, I guess nowadays you could just put it in the in the random just, spot of a franchise. Uh, just stick it right in the middle there. Yeah. Fine. That's the other thing, because we've been talking about Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost and Edgar Wright. The one other person I would really love to see back in this dynamic is Dylan Morin. Uh, this was not his best performance, but his comedic timing is impeccable, and I would love to see him like more involved in this hypothetical project with everyone. I will comment on that as soon as you tell me who that person is. <laughs> uh david that son of a bitch yeah that's the thing is that like this is the role i've seen him where he's the most irritating but he's usually like the very grumpy like snarky character in other things and i mm-hmm. would love to see that in an edgar wright movie like <laughs> uh which and i will say like because I, I said this wasn't his best performance. This was his worst character, but I think he portrayed it very convincingly, and it mm. got him outside of that box of always playing the same, like, very funny, snarky, better-than-everyone-else character. Um, that being said, I would love to see Edgar Wright handle that version of Dylan Moran specifically. Yeah, I, 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 all the performances in this were great. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in this movie that's bad. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there is, no. I agree. Even the cameos and stuff. It's got it's got Martin Freeman in it. And he has like <laughs> one word line. Yeah, no. I saw him and I was like, is that Martin Freeman? <laughs> yeah, they, they fucking nailed it, man. Oh, I also thought I want I didn't want to forget to mention this and I almost did. Um this movie, I, I think it was the I don't remember it was the second or third time I watched it, 
where I really feel like this movie coined the phrase, just whack it till it dies. Like that, they do a lot of that. And it's really funny to see it in a zombie sense. Whereas like, they just kind of just beat the shit out of things until it stops moving. And they just hope it's dead. And it's yeah. every scene of them beating the shit out of something. Like in the bar, they were beating the fuck out of that big old dude. It's, yeah. They just stood there and cracked it until yeah, again, like, they thought it died. We're not all soldiers of fortune. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That's, what we're good. That's what I would do, too. What fuck? I'm just going to hit it until I think it's dead. You're going to whack it till it dies? Yeah. That's phenomenal. Do. They walked a really interesting line uh, with this because it's like, you know, Sean's kind of our hero of the piece. We have to see him surviving odds that are kind of stacked against him there's you know the scene where he's running through the lawn with the cricket bat you know and you're like this is some really good coordination for a guy that hasn't practiced you know but then it is balanced well with things you know where we've got like the five of them not able to take down the one big zombie with pool cues effectively and uh you know and then with some of just the dumb ideas that they have him knocking over the fencing and you know there's just like it he feels very believable as a person, you know, where you're like, this is just a dude that the, now has to survive the apocalypse. The fence thing makes me laugh so hard every time because that is some shit that would absolutely <laughs> happen to me where I'm trying to be a smart ass. Like, what's wrong? You never hop the fence and then we just fucking fall over. <laughs> that was an unfortunate moment. Yeah, that's some shit that would a thousand percent happen to me. The only person that actually annoyed me throughout this was his mom, honestly. I don't know why. Like, she, it wasn't, like, egregious or nothing, but she was just so fucking oblivious to the world. And, no, and like, that and that's when they were trying to get to the bar and she seen, like, whoever she knew, the zombie and the, like, oh, they live over here. They hear her yeah. scream and she's just, like, on the ground. That, that <sighs> is one of those things. It used to really bother me. Uh, because it's like, you know, she's the only person that doesn't understand that they're in a zombie apocalypse. Right. But then but then you kind of think about it. They never stop to explain to her that she's in a zombie apocalypse. And and one of and there's that part of my brain that's like, you really shouldn't have to tell someone no. that they are. But then have you ever tried to explain like technology to a grandparent? And then, like, also living through a virus where you're trying to be like, you know, wear your mask. And then, you know, I it's it's softened my opinion of, like, what it would take to get someone to understand that their life is in danger. No, that it, it made the me feel me. a lot more uh, sympathetic to Sean's mom than I used to be. Yeah, dude, old people are impossible. I don't know, man. I mean, this might be a little unfair of a comparison because we know how my grandmother feels about The Walking Dead wearing my bones. That's, that's true. She sees zombies outside. She's getting shit done, you <laughs> know. But that, and, and again, it wasn't like it took me out because the character was funny. And like, you know, I'm not like super mad, but it, just the yeah. whole time I'm like, God damn, leave your mother behind. Like, it can't be worth <laughs> all that. She was on the floor. For no reason, the zombie didn't attack her. Like she was just laying there. Like, would you just fall out of nowhere? What the hell? You were so useless. I don't know, man. That's old people, dude. That's how they are, though. I used to work with this dude who was in his seventies, and uh, he he asked me one time. He signed up for Netflix, and I was like, "Yeah, Netflix is great." And he he said, "He goes, how do I know what time things are on?" 
Oh my god! <laughs> it's on whatever you want it to be on. <laughs> That's the beauty of the stuff. <laughs> but he was like, he's old, and he thought it was like a TV channel or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't that 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 annoyed me more than it ever did. I was just like, why is she on the ground? I forgot she was on the ground. Like nothing happened. You were just on the ground. God damn! But no, I, like I said, I, I'm not like it didn't. It's not the one thing for me. That's the the tie is the one thing for this movie for me. That's the thing. What's wrong with the tie, Rob? You know, I don't know how many ties you wear, Cap, but I'm sure Rob can can agree. If there once you don't need to wear the tie, the tie comes off or at least gets loosened. Dude, I've worn a tie maybe twice in my entire life. <laughs> That's I what I'm saying. High phase. Um, which might or might not have been, uh, looking back, it might have been inspired by Shaun of the Dead, honestly. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, like if it was a nice, maybe not if it was like a work uniform tie, but like if I chose one of my nice ties, they're all horror movie ties. But if I wore one of those out, you know, I like I have to wear it because I don't want to lose. It's like the records. So I'm not going to want to lose one of my ties. <laughs> The whole time I was like, why take that tie off? They're so annoying. Why are you st- you're in a zombie apocalypse? If there's any time you could dress down, go ahead and take the tie off. Also, that was the one thing for me. I, I will say he is a little bit in his defense. I, it's probably not even like as much of a fashion statement as it is like, look at how well put my life is you know Maybe, like, he yeah. is trying to win someone back yeah he's trying to win that girl back <laughs> oh no, that tie I, I i hate ties <laughs> i do not like them cannot tell you how many times i've stood in a mirror cursing at a tie because i fucked up trying to put it on can't stand ties <laughs> take it off but no I, yeah, the, the mama <laughs> i couldn't believe it when she was on the ground i was like what even happened what <laughs> up? Uh, it led to one of my Liz, favorite. Oh, yeah. There is, um, a, a, you know, a cat, young people like yourself, <laughs> uh, you bitch and complain about everything. Um, and one of the things that I hear from a lot of uh, younger people who who watch this movie is uh, is how terrible it treats Liz and how she settles at the end and everything. Um, I've always gone the opposite direction and never understood why Sean was trying to win her back. Uh, because who wants to spend the rest of their life with somebody who does nothing but bitch about how things aren't good enough see this Um, relationship makes sense to me because i've been both a sean and a liz in a relationship (laughs) um (laughs) but i don't i mean i don't i never ever thought that liz settled at the end of this movie but it is a complaint that i hear young people make about this movie all the time I can see maybe where they're coming from, but I disagree very strongly. I think Liz wants more out of life than Sean is willing to give her. I feel like she's expressed this. I feel like he doesn't listen. I feel like that's why she dumps him, right? And then he's like, she really will leave. And I think he didn't believe that before. And this is why he's trying to get her back because he's like, you know, I she is something that I can lose. So he tries to get her back. And then they, like, they make each other better people. Like, he starts... Uh, doing uh, aside from like saving everyone in the apocalypse that he could everyone Mm -hmm. meaning him and liz um he like you know aside from doing that he starts you know spending uh more time like i know it's kind of a dumb thing but like with the tea he takes sugar in it again you know he's having like little adventurous moments in his life he's changing things up 
Uh, he's making space for her and the things that she wants to do in his life, where she also is like, she no longer needs to travel or have like the big dates, but she is, you know, like uh, spending time with him. They get that alone time together. They they make each other better. They've found a compromise at the middle. I think it's a really solid love story. Um, yeah. All right. I, like, just, I, I agree. I, I, I hear people say that a lot. Like, oh, the, the woman ends up having to settle for this man at the end. And I'm like, well, that, no, I I, that's not the read. The man all. starts to listen to her and she takes him back. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and that's a mistake, by the way, fellas. Don't listen to women. <laughs> Absolutely. Much, listen to women. As so much listen, as I want listen. to agree with Rob. <laughs> I mean, uh, dude, he forgot their anniversary, man. Like, I'm just yeah. saying, look, man, sometimes you're old and you're tired and you just want to go home and watch fucking TV or go to the pub and have a pint with your buddy. And that's there's not a goddamn thing wrong with that. Right. I do. Sometimes that's fine. Can't be all the time. And you can't sometimes forget the anniversary. Sometimes it turns into all the time sometimes. I, I just, the comedic timing in this, I could bring it up for like any point that we talk about, but I love the intro to this where we're learning about Sean and Liz's dynamic. And <laughs> she's like, you know, it's not that I have a problem with Ed. <laughs> I don't have a problem with you, Ed. And it zooms out and it's like right there. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, he gets to do the same thing where he's like, I, it's not that I have a problem with David and Ty. Yeah. I don't have a problem with you guys, you know? And, like, <laughs> she's also brought her friends along to the date. I That's just, the timing in this is so impeccable. Yeah. And also with Sean's mom, I the last thing I wanted to bring up there, I love that they got the, um, we're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> yeah. and that was beautiful. Yeah, It's absolutely. so good. Now. See, Mike, if we don't have her in the movie, we don't get that line, and it's incredible. <laughs> I'm not saying she shouldn't be in the movie, but, like, come on, lady. Um, get off the ground. They, <laughs> <laughs> they had tried to cast um, Helen Mirren <laughs> play incredible. Sean's mom. And the reason she turned... So, so she actually... They wrote her, and they're like, we want you to be in this movie. And they didn't think they were going to get a response. And she wrote back and was like... I only ever play the best character in movies, and in this script, that's Ed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, as much as I love Nick Frost, I, w- I wouldn't have mind- minded seeing a version where Ed was played by Helen Mirren. <laughs> that would have been amazing, too. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, so Nick, you're funny. out. <laughs> that's funny shit. That scene, like, on the phone, I really love so much because there's just, where they're trying to make a plan uh, before they call Sean's mom and they're, you know, like, we're going to go pick up the mom. <laughs> we're going to bring get her in the car, bring her to the Winchester. And it gets a little bit shorter and more aggressive every time. And I love how by the end, they're just like uh, so ready to kill Philip. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it always it always includes killing Philip. <laughs> You know, the first time they're like, we're really sorry, Philip. And by the end, it's just like, sorry, Philip. Uh, yeah, that was, <clears throat> if I had to pick one more thing to point at, or to pick at, rather, it it's bringing the almost zombie dude in the car. Like, I get it's hard, and you got your mom, and she won't leave without. Man, <laughs> I, I, I like the dynamic. I'm not saying, like, I hated it was there. It's just, like, obviously... That's a horrible idea. Like he was bit yes. before, and now you've seen him get chomped on. 
Yeah, I don't and think Sean being does gonna... not give a fuck about that guy. I mean, he no. before that he was in the kitchen telling his mom he used to touch him when he was little. That was hysterical. <laughs> I love the look that his mom gives him when he says that, and then he just immediately is like, "I that's not true." He I have said that. Yeah, <laughs> he knew the road was over. <laughs> but yeah, that um, I was just it... like, God, that don't put an almost zombie person in a car. It's very confined. So it's one of those things, like, as someone that watches a lot of zombie movies, obviously you don't do that. But again, right, it feels yeah. like one of those very human mistakes to me where it's like, you don't really know how long it's going to take for him to turn into a zombie. Right. And it's like, if you can get your mom in the car faster, you know, like, yeah. you'll have time to sort it out. But then the time that you have to sort it out is like when you have the child locks on the car and you're stuck in with the zombie. And that's, that's also... Locks. <laughs> that ended up that's being one of my favorite of shit that is so funny. I know, because <laughs> like then, in a normal zombie movie, it's like everyone get out of the car, you know. But then, <laughs> and then dudes just standing there staring at him, banging on the fucking glass, trying to get out. He didn't even open the fucking door. <laughs> like I said, I I didn't hate that it was in there because you know it, it makes for an interesting dynamic of what's going to happen. Like you know what's going yeah. to happen. You just want to see how and when. And but like you know, just human nature comes in. It's like don't let him in that fucking car. <laughs> like what the hell no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, interesting choice and 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 funny because you know like and they're all crazy. It's not even like they're in like a you know a Durango or or an expedition or another. They're a fucking <laughs> jaguar, tight yeah. as hell. Yeah, uh, they they just made them. It was a really good movie, man. Like that. This is what happens when you do everything right. I love Ed too, where he's just like where he crashes the first car so yeah. he can drive the <laughs> and then he just kind of shrugs. Like there's the shot you can see the car crashed into the pole, and he just kind of shrugs, like I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like nothing's his fault. It's like I don't know, man. There's one X factor that's the same in all these scenarios. <laughs> fucking up. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to point out? Like we can go on for like these it's just one of those yeah, movies we can go on forever. It it really is. It's one of those yeah. movies you could go on and on and on and just point out like because every line in this is a gem. Yeah, yeah I I we run the risk of going, wasn't it funny when they did that? I mean, we don't yeah. need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. The whole don't movie's to, fucking funny. It's... If you haven't seen it, go watch it. What the fuck are you doing? It's, that's true it's very funny it's very smart uh it's it works as a zombie movie because it is you know very emotional at times and you know it's it's got a couple of good scary moments in it but more than anything i do think it's a comedy and it has held up surprisingly well yeah yeah i mean and it, it absolutely is a comedy but i mean the amount it had in there is unquestionable like the, with what's his name getting his guts ripped out and shit and then you know, like the effects weren't like super strong, but you know, like they were they were good, they were fun, they were you know, it made for what they were doing perfectly. And yeah. uh, one last thing that I had I wanted to bring up the the bullets on the on the bar exploding in the like that's just <laughs> smart, you know, like that's really good and it fits like they got lucky. That yeah. that's how this crew should survive throughout most of this is a lot of luck and is. I've never seen that before. There's a reason Sean was not like on our brackets. <laughs> like I don't think yeah, he'd no. do very well. No, no, if luck were not lucky. on his side. <laughs> he'd fuck Jeremy Melton up though. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd whoop his well, ass. yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Uh do you want guys want to move into facts and trivia and whatnot and reviews? 
Yeah. Um. Okay, so we'll get our low review out of the way for this. Oh, I, I we'll start with ratings because that's how it's been too long. <laughs> okay. We'll start with ratings. Um, this has a 92% tomato meter score and God, a 93% audience score. Wow. Um, usually when we have a high tomato meter score, it's very contentious with the audience, but they're like right yeah. neck and neck this time. Um, it does only have a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, okay. IMDb apparently was not a fan of this one, which is crazy because I had kind of a tough time finding negative reviews for this. There were a few that like that went on for a while of just like lists of things that weren't liked, but a lot of those weren't rated. Uh, the one that I actually took was a four out of ten. Mm. Unpopular opinion uh, re- says IMDb user feast mode. <laughs> so. Oh my God. Oh, no. Uh, who has over 2,000 reviews on IMDb, by the way. Good oh, lord, damn. feast mode. Get a job. He's going into feast mode. It's going into feast mode. Um, I know this is a fan favorite, cult classic, whatever you want to call it. I've never been a fan. I even gave it another chance all these years later, and I still feel the same. It's pretty funny early on, but there are almost no laughs in the second half. There's a bunch of unnecessary and annoying relationship drama. Not the family stuff. That was good. Uh, there are a bunch of really stupid parts. Overall, it's not terrible, but it's not good either. And then in parentheses, about three viewings. So. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you for that <laughs> in-depth analysis of the bunch of stupid parts. The bunch of stupid yeah. parts. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny in the beginning, but not towards the... I don't find that... I mean, this movie's... That's one of the things I do like about this movie. It the tone and humor and everything is consistent all the way from beginning to end, I feel like. That's yeah. the thing that gets me is like I obviously it gets more serious in the second half because we have zombies. Uh and right, everybody's in danger. And yeah, yeah but like yeah. it's still very funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Kill the queen. Yeah. <laughs> that Absolutely. that is something that we didn't talk about in in uh, talking about the movie that might be one of the best needle drops in all of horror oh hands down like when you talk about needle drops yeah um, it's so good this might be the one that comes to mind for me and i have no idea how they afforded a queen song for this movie like where the fuck they get that money from yeah i was saying that too they spent a lot of money on music <laughs> yeah and it's smart too man you know like why wouldn't you like mm. utilize like it it helped a lot. I mean, not that it needed a tremendous amount of help, but like good music helps with anything. Yeah, it and does. that's sort of a hallmark of Edgar Wright movies. I mean, he always has really great music in his movies. Yeah. Uh, so our other review, 10 out of 10. Shaun of the Dead is a slice of fried gold. Shaun of the Dead is one of my all-time favorites. This horror comedy manages to parody the zombie genre while still standing solidly within it. The story is creative, the humor is quick and clever, the characters are memorable, it's endlessly quotable, and also manages to generate some real fear and genuine emotions. Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg created a special kind of magic with Shaun of the Dead. Simply put, the movie is a slice of fried gold. Fried gold. I think just uh, sums it up. Nice. I like it. Right. By the way, Mikey, do you know the band Queen? Are you familiar with them? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you any of their songs. I am familiar. I know they exist. No. I've heard of them. Mm, mm. Do you know who their singer was? No. 
No. What's his name? I probably have heard of him. I just don't Freddie know. Mercury. Yeah, I've heard of Freddie Mercury. Did not know possibly him. the greatest singer of all time. Yeah. Well, well. I had yeah, an incredible voice. Rank singers. I'd probably start with Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, slice of fried gold. I like it. I agree. Yeah. Beast um, mode gets a candy bar that second guy doesn't. <laughs> candy bar for beast mode wow yeah feast mode has a lot of opinions he's still going strong too um his most recent review well okay let's not worry about his most recent review because it's a throwback but he does have reviews for uh titles from this year like socks uh and five oh. nights at freddy's oh, uh, oh asteroid feast city is a big horror Rob. guy i like it <laughs> Oh, his Asteroid City review is called Wes Garbageson, though. Oh, so. Asteroid City is great. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for trivia? Yes. Yeah. All right. Just buckle in, everybody. There's a shit ton of trivia about this fucking movie. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, we will start with the budget, which was an estimated four million pounds. Um uh, Google tells me that that is uh, today would be roughly four point eight million dollars. No idea God what damn. it was back then. I'm not doing all that kind of research. Fuck that. That's fair. Um, but uh, worldwide gross of thirty eight point six million. Okay. Uh, George A. Romero was so impressed with Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's work that he asked them to cameo in Land of the Dead as zombies. So you can <laughs> maybe catch them in there if you watch Land of the Dead. Yeah. Um. Sean tells Liz that he's going to take her to the place that does all the fish. When he opens the phone book, you can see that the restaurant is called Fulci's Restaurant, the place that does all the fish. Man, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, a reference to Luciani Fulci, uh, the noted Italian director who made some zombie movies of his own. Mm -hmm. uh, many of the zombie extras were fans of, the, uh, of Spaced, which also starred Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and was directed by Edgar Wright. And uh, they were recruited through the Spaced Out fan website. Okay. I That's guess if you have fun. a built-in fan base, it helps to get extras. Mm -hmm. um, when Sean is headed to the shop for the first time, a worker on the street is listening to the radio. The newscast mentions a space probe that unexpectedly re-entered the Earth's atmosphere and broke up over England. This is likely a reference to Night of the Living Dead in which radiation from a satellite returning from Venus was given as a possible cause for the dead returning to life. Hmm. Okay. Just when Sean is uh, exiting the corner shop, um, there's a radio station uh, that is playing songs from Indian movies. The song stops, and a newscaster speaks in Hindi. The content of the news, when translated to English, is people are waking up from their graves. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Uh, when Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg uh, began pitching this movie, Film 4 production showed interest in it. Uh, then they had to significantly cut back the budget, which uh, left the movie without a production company for a while. Edgar Wright was still hoping to get the movie made, though, so he uh, continued looking for financing, and he passed up other directing jobs in order to continue working on uh, Shaun of the Dead, trying to find financing for it, which left him uh, in the red uh, quite a bit, and he had to borrow a bunch of money from friends to get by he said uh for me to take a television job meant that i was pushing the film back and he didn't i didn't want to do that um according to edgar wright uh, simon Pegg had loaned him quite a bit of money to get through those lean times and Pegg has still refused to allow him to pay him back wow 
because of the similarity of the names, distributors were forced to hold this movie back until two weeks after the release of Dawn of the Dead in the UK. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, Nick Frost uh, said he uh, he was trying to figure out how to uh, create a genuine scratch that his character demanded throughout the movie. He arrived at a solution by shaving his genitals. <laughs> wow. So maybe Thanks, more Nick information Frost. than we needed to know. Manscaped, <laughs> yeah. uh, get back at us. <laughs> yeah, right. Noted method actor, apparently. Um, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino called this one of the top 20 movies made since 1992. Um, okay. The day of the zombie invasion, when Sean walks to the corner shop and doesn't notice the zombies in the streets, uh, that scene was all one long, unbroken take. Wow. Which is nice. Usually they'll slip edits in there that you just don't notice, you know? Yeah. Um, in March 2011, this movie was voted by BBC Radio 1 and BBC Radio 1 Extra listeners as their second favorite movie of all time. Wow. Can anybody guess Damn. what came in first? Was it Funny no. Games? <laughs> no, fucking funny Games. Everybody was <laughs> bored by that movie. It was Shawshank Redemption. Of course it was Shawshank Redemption. The answer to this kind of thing is always the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently the uh, scenes in the gardens were supposed to be a lot longer. One featured a hanged man zombie and a uh, woman being eaten by her own dog. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. That kind of throws the tone off, right? Like it's something that brutal. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. That's no, nah, I don't want that. Uh, when Sean and the group are running out of Liz's flat, they're all carrying weapons of some kind, but you'll notice only Sean actually hits any zombies. It's because the <laughs> cricket bat was the only thing that was padded. Everything else was real and they didn't want anybody to get hurt. <laughs> oh my God. See Man, that's dangerous, because if an extra comes at me dressed as a zombie and I'm holding a real weapon... <laughs> oh, yeah. I might smack him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's definitely getting cracked. Um, as this is the first part of the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, the Red Wrapper, which is the strawberry flavor, makes its appearance in this movie. According to Edgar Wright, red represents the blood in zombies, um, which was the main motif, obviously, in the movie. For the other movies in the trilogy, Hot Fuzz, it was blue and vanilla flavor, representing the police. And the final part, The World's End, it was green and peppermint, representing science fiction and extraterrestrial elements. Oh. Hmm. The zombie that Sean and Ed find in their garden is Mary, the checkout girl from the movie's credit montage. There's a <laughs> short story, Deformation into One of the Undead. And it was featured in issue number 1384 of the classic British sci-fi uh, comic 2000 AD. The issue went on sale April 7th, 2004. It was called There's Something About Mary. And it was written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright with uh, art by Fraser Irving. Hmm. That's fun. Yeah. Although sporadically hinted at, the cause of the zombie invasion is never really explained because every time somebody's about to, they get interrupted. <laughs> Pretty funny. In the movie, Sean's mother calls him Pickle. Apparently that's not just something they made up. Edgar Wright's own mother called him that as a boy. And she also taught some of his classes at school, so he was quite embarrassed by it. <laughs> I'd be mad as hell if my mother worked at my school and called me something like Pickle and said it there. Oh, I'd be livid. <laughs> 
Sean berates Ed for calling the creatures zombies, which alludes to the fact that many of the most iconic zombie movies never use the word zombie at all. It can also be considered a reference to Danny Boyle, director of 28 Days Later, uh, who insists that that is not a zombie movie. <laughs> nah. There's a few digs at Danny Boyle, <laughs> I feel like, in this movie. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. Um, the rifle they use in the Winchester is a Winchester Model 66. It's the same weapon used in both versions of Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Um, this began as what Edgar Wright describes as a one-page word, uh, one word document that sketched out the general idea of the movie. Uh, the original title was Tea Time of the Dead. Not a good title. No, I don't think no. so either. No. Do you think that would have changed anything, guys? I, so, I don't know. It's hard to say because I could I could see it being one of those, like, classic, one of those cult classic things still where it's like, oh, Tea Time of the Dead. Because yeah. it's got a really dumb name and then, you know, you find a really good movie. You come in for the dumb title and then are pleasantly surprised. But I think it would have had a much harder time getting the widespread American appeal that it got. Because we took this, like, we took onto this pretty quickly, I feel like, in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I feel not. like that would have been a much slower trajectory <laughs> with no, the title, I mean, like, yeah. Time of a, the Dead. A bad title can kill a good movie. I mean... Imagine if they hadn't changed the movie, uh, the title to Halloween, and it was still called The Babysitter Murders. Do more than 15 people mm-hmm. fucking watch a movie called yeah, The Babysitter Murders? Yeah. What about yeah. I don't know, Army Murders. of Darkness did okay, even though it wasn't called Medieval Dead. Yeah, well, the Army of Darkness isn't a bad title, though. It's just Medieval Dead is so much fucking cooler. I don't know, man. Uh, um, uh, Babysitter Massacre H2O would have been pretty good. Oh, God. <laughs> Sean's place of work is 4E Electric. Ken 4E starred in Dawn of the Dead 1978 and had a cameo in the 2004 remake. Mm. Uh, The non-featured zombie extras in this movie were paid a princely sum of one pound a day. Oh! (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I did not notice this, and I'm embarrassed to say it because I've seen this movie a bajillion times. (laughs) I never noticed it until watching it for this episode. That there is a chunk of hair missing on the side of Ed's head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's never explained in the movie, but somebody asked uh, Edgar Wright about it. And he said, I just figured it was some drunken thing where Ed and his friends had been shaving off bits of their hair. It's fair. <laughs> Which fits. Yeah. yeah, it does. Near the beginning, when Sean is leaving the shop where he gets a can of Coke and the Cornetto, there is a place, a pizza place behind him. And to his left, the name of the restaurant is Bub's Pizza, a reference to Bub, the chained up zombie in Day of the Dead. Hmm. Okay. So a ton of Romero references in this movie. Rightfully so. Um, and finally, we've reached the end of this long string of facts. <laughs> there were so many more. You guys have no idea. Um, when Sean comes back home from the shop the day of the zombie invasion, he does not shut the door all, all the way when he comes in, which suggests that he's the one who's always been leaving the front door open and not it. Motherfucker. They're going <laughs> to leave the front door open, man. <laughs> there you go. Those are the facts there for Sean of the Dead. Okay. All right. Port noise for this thing. Port noise. Does anybody want to go first? Uh, I'll go. I don't okay. care. 
I mean, I don't think we have an outlier tonight. Yeah, so. probably. I don't not. think so. We'll be all right. Um, I you know, this movie it works on both levels. It's really, really funny, but it does work as a great zombie movie as well. It hits all the beats that you would see in uh any other typical zombie movie. It brings a touch of every man normal guy humanity to it though that works so so well um there's not there's not much to pick apart not much to complain about i really do wish they hadn't made that joke about prince though i'll tell you that <laughs> uh, that will haunt me until the day i die um overall i could watch this movie i've seen it a bajillion times and i'll probably see it a bajillion more before i die um i give it an 8.7 okay all right I'm uh I'm right in the neighborhood with you there, Rob. I for for all the reasons you mentioned, um, like like you said, I don't think anybody's really like it it's just a movie that did everything right, you know, and it's rare you come across that, but you know, that that's what um that that's what happened here. And to do everything right in a movie is so fucking hard. Cause so many things can go wrong and you got visions and then, you know, actually getting them to come out on film and then translate, you know, all this stuff to your viewer. It's not easy, man. And I think above everything else they did, you know, uh, the script and like just everything else they did. I feel like the cast was the strongest part of it, honestly. Yeah. And um, that that's super impressive. Um, but I'm, I'm sitting at an 8.4. All right, pretty close. Yeah, yeah right you and I are usually not that close. No, yeah. Uh, you guys are closer in number uh, to each other than you are to me. So um, Ken's about to give it a four. I'm about, about to give it another <laughs> ten. I actually was feast mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to give it a ten. It's not. It, it's very close to me for being a perfect movie. I think it might be as close of, of like a horror comedy that's like laugh out loud funny that's that's usually something i don't like much in horror movies um yeah because i like them to be more horror based it's why for me cabin in the woods was a perfect 10 because it was horror first and then like chuckling and easter eggs and stuff after um mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, so this is like it, it's not my personal ideal combination but it is for a laugh out loud like funny comedy movie it's it's so close to being perfect. Um, and Mikey, you were talking about seeing, you know, because it's in my top three, um, how the rewatch would compare. And I kind of did look yeah. for things to pick apart to justify it being like in the third position in a wild upset. Um, I do. I don't. It's not a perfect 10. Um, it doesn't unseat Portnoy wise cabin in the woods. It is a 9.8. It is higher than X. <laughs> Wow. So I don't I don't know how Ooh. you want to factor all that in. Wow. Um, but it's just there's so little that I can pick apart in this movie. And, and it's one of those things where it's like when I really tried to find things I didn't like about the movie, that there were a couple things that I would have changed that I think make it not a perfect 10, but it's so damn close. And even those things led to things that I wouldn't have wanted to be without, you know, and like you said, mm -hmm. like getting Phil in the car where it's like, was that a good decision? Did I like that they did that? 
Uh, does that affect my suspension of disbelief, you know? But then it, it led to the scene, you know, where Sean and Phil are talking in the backseat of the car. And it's like, I, I really wouldn't do without that. So I, you know, that's kind of how I felt with like all my little nitpicks where it's just like, I, I'm not sure I would have done much different with this. Okay. God damn. It's really, really close. So it's approved, right? Mm-hmm. It's, approved. <laughs> it's approved at a nine. Yeah. Nine. Yeah, we were talking about um last week cat um uh talk to me got approved at a 9 as well. A 9. Yeah, so damn. Have we done <laughs> all three of cat's top 3 movies? We have. Yes. We haven't done one of my top 5, you fuckers. But you had a single one. Pick. <laughs> yeah, you did. She wasted a pick <laughs> yeah. on this, man. The whole year worth of pick. <laughs> Not on you. And plus, she, one of them we can't do because it's not a horror movie. Shape of Water. You know the we're gonna have to do Shape of Water one day on this podcast. One day, one day. We're gonna do Mean Girls too, Rob. You want to do the Mean Girls? No, I would do. I would do Mean Girls. That movie is funny as shit. She would. Of course, she would. <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing scarier than teenage girls. I agree. <laughs> mean Girls that- is funny as hell. That is a good point. That that right there, I'm not gonna argue with. That is very true. I'm, I got one of them in my house. Like, <laughs> um, all right, awesome birthday pick, cat. Thank you. Good yeah. job, cat. Happy yes. birthday. Happy Thank birthday you. again. Uh, I guess that's it. We can start getting up out of here. Slash your radio on Twitter. You can follow us there. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash slash your radio. Let me look at this godforsaken fucking calendar again. We have um we have a Patreon pick that has to be made up, and that will be uh, I think I mentioned it earlier or, or during the Patreon show blends together. But uh, we're gonna be doing a patrons versus us again, where you guys yeah. pick Christmas movie and you know we pick one and we we'll do that thing. So that's gonna be made up. I I was looking at it and I don't think we can do a Christmas movie and a Christmas episode that comes out after Christmas. Right, because everyone's right. just fucking over it. It's a little weird, right? So even though that the week of Christmas, our episode comes out the twenty eighth, so we're gonna do it the week of the fourteenth and the twenty first when our episodes come out on those days that week. So it'll be patrons on the fourteenth, us on the twenty first, and um, probably another Patreon pick after that because then that's the last week of the month. So. Now it's time to get in. There is a one week free trial that you can go take advantage of now. Uh, extra show every week, as much extra content as we can give. Oh, that was another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. We do have to have a watch party uh, sooner than later. It's been a while since we've done one mm-hmm. of those, and the listeners yeah, get Carousel antsy. three. Mm, <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I uh, had a bunch of suggestions for the watch party, but I'm okay to forfeit them for Carousel three. Mean girls. I am okay to do every other pick that you had, but Carousel <laughs> Three. I was um, going to suggest Puppet Shark uh, to celebrate the novelization. That was almost my birthday pick, uh, oh except boy. for it is not a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, we, we had that whole debate about um, bad CGI sharks being very good but not being horror enough, and it's like if I can't get bad CGI sharks through, there's no fucking way I'm coming through here with Puppet Shark. <laughs> yeah. That's super fun. I mean, look, I'll watch Puppet Shark. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Uh, I mean, if you guys want to sit and listen to me bitch about a, another movie, a shark movie, I mean, be my guest. It doesn't matter what we watch. We're going to sit and listen to you bitch about it. 
No, nah, not necessarily. Could do Leprechaun in Space. <laughs> um, I novelize Leprechaun in Space. Although, do it, Kat. <laughs> get at me. <laughs> do it. I don't know who has the rights right now to Leprechaun in Space, but reach out knows? if you're a listener. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so patreon.com forward slash slash radio tiers starting as low as $3 a month. Support the show. It's super appreciated. Um, I'm at Mikey's Dead on Twitter. If you want to give me a follow, uh, you can check out Cult FM. That's the other show. Oh, I don't have my fucking button ready. Oh, dear Lord. Look at this. What a fucking tragedy. Huge clown penis. I know. With Little Miss Huge Clown Penis. Ali Surreal. Uh, we talk horror stuff. We just talked Dead by Daylight's Chucky release. And uh, we're going to be doing funny games next. So, Woo-hoo. Rob, I'm sure you're looking forward to that. You're not going to do an episode on the cult of Humpty Dumpty? <laughs> Fucking movie was awful. No. Oh. No. But I think that's it for me. Rob, what about you? You can find me on uh, Twitter and all social media, at, uh, Radio Rob123. Um, also, I just uh, did an appearance on the show Our Life in Horror. Um, so oh. you can catch that. It, uh, it's like a horror roundtable kind of show, and uh, we discussed modern horror. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what their release schedule is. I don't know what our release schedule is, so I definitely don't know what anybody else is doing. <laughs> um, but uh, it is either out now or it will be out soon, so check that out. Um, and you can listen to the other show that I do with Cat, the Nick Effenwu Cage Cast, where we will be talking about guarding tests. Ooh. Looking forward to that conversation. Never yeah. heard of that in my life. Okay. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at cat underscore valor. You can find me on Instagram at cat valor. Check out my website, catvalor.com, where I have links to, as we've talked about, Puppet Shark, the novelization. Yeah. Still don't know why, but everybody should go check it out and keep up with that. Sure. <laughs> All right, guys. We will be back next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best with Slasher Radio Podcast. <laughs>